This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, John. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. What do you have on tap for us tonight? Okay, well, I've got a story that you know people have been waiting to get through for a good long while. That's um, in Humans versus X Men, which you know it's like people have been expecting ever since uh, Marvel decided to take. Hey, yo, we're gonna make a big go um, with the uh, Inhumans because you know we actually own all the rights to them, as opposed to the X Men, which you know Fox owns all the rights to. Now. It's like it's been kind of it's really been kind of disappointing to see this because you know the X-Men have been one of Marvel's biggest franchises for a long good long while but it's not hard to feel that in recent years like they've been kind of sidelined like in the face in in favor of the Avengers because you know Marvel like actually owns like all the rights to the Avengers and can, can, can reap all the benefits from promoting them as an A-list title. It's like um well X-Men has kind of ha- the X-Men titles have gotten like some good like um, like solid creators over the years. It's like it's, you know, still kind of feel like you know they've been playing second fiddle to the Avengers for like for a while now. I mean, you know, the fact that they were um uh, kind of presented as kind of the, as quote unquote kind of the bad guys in Avengers versus X Men that kind of tells you what you need to know. But also the fact that more telling is the fact that you know Marvel has decided to um promote the Inhumans with a ta- a a, a, a group of um uh, superpowered individuals. Um, who have never been able to support their own um, like ongoing title for a good for forever with um, multiple ongoing titles like in recent years? Well, it's like it's kind of you figure like the you know, Marvel sees like the Inhumans as like you know like their like like company owned answer to the X Men in terms of the comics. I mean, this is why we're getting like you know. Like humans are getting like a big push in Ages of Shield and are getting their own like um TV series it's like as well, but um in the comics it's like you know this you know it's like and that's not the Inhumans haven't done good comics over the years. Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee's Inhumans twelve issue um Inhumans Mackey series from way back in the mid in the late nineties, no early aughts actually. God, I'm dating myself even more. That was a really good. Um, series where you just had a couple of respected creators taking a a, a, a group of like, characters who no one really cared about and doing like interesting things with them. That uh, maxi series is highly recommended, but you know since then no one has really um, put out a uh, Inhuman series that has gotten as much buzz, it's like or um, buzz or sales like um like as that one did. And so when Marvel decided, hey, we're gonna do like um like multiple Inhumans titles, well, people were skeptical. And, you know, the fact that, you know, like the, the comics market is restored with the like, general indifference, like kind of like um, bears on the fact that, you know, regular comic people not don't really care about um, the Inhumans. And it only adds weight to the fact that, to the argument that Marvel, like is trying to push Inhumans as replacements for the X-Men. So how do we solve this? Well, like in the truest um, comics, um, uh, method of all by a build battle royale with people like both sides fighting each other out, fighting each other out. So this is this is eventually what led we got um Death of X, which is kind of like the prelude um earlier earlier in the year, which was kind of like eh. it had one really clever idea in which um like um Cyclops who had been um really been aggressively militarily pro-mutant like in recent years it's like that had been um 
it's like I've been pushing for um, it's like more drastic actions against the in, it's like the Inhumans, but um, but it was eventually revealed that he had been that he had died as a result of the Mpox, which is basically a disease that um, mutants had um, contract were able to contract as a result of exposure to the uh, human creating um, terrigen mists. But the reason, but the thing is that. Um, as it was revealed, the end of the Death of X miniseries was that um, Emma Frost um, had basically been um, keeping projecting Cyclops's um, mental image al- in order to keep, make everyone think that he was still alive after he had died, and then um, have him be, and eventually have him be killed, like um, by Black Bolt for as a result of his actions. Like that would be um, a, a a real catalyst for action. Now, at the end of um, Death of X, like um, they wound up, like um, even though this this happened, um, they still managed. Both sides still managed to beg off and um, declare a truce, in the hope that you know, like there would be a way t- for um, mutants to, uh, like um, like find a way to um, either cure the Mpox and live with the um, roving cloud of Terrigen mists, or um, or the or the Inhumans to find a way to, I guess control the Terrigen click as well. Anyway, oh, and it's also worth mentioning that uh, the whole reason this Terrigen cloud, these Terrigen clouds exist is because Black Bolt um, um, released them um, in the course of the Infinity crossover after Thanos um, destroyed um, Amatillan. It's like, because, you know, (laughs) Thanos was trying to um, get his son who was an Inhuman and Black Bolt wasn't wasn't willing to give up the guy's location. So, there you go. Okay, so so at the beginning of Inhumans vs. X-Men, there is one um, big-ass roaming cloud of Terrigen, and but at the same time, though, Beast is um, working with the Inhumans to try and find a way to like to solve this problem to make just make it so that you know like we they can cure this Mpox sickness and maybe make the uh, like the mutants um, you know immune to it to its effects. And um, like everyone can live happily ever after, but at the same time he's doing this, Emma Frost is also um, securing alliances um, for like for war. Basically, I'm um, talking with um, Magneto about what to do in case the, the Inhumans do uh, make make their attack. It's like, and what and um, what's going to happen in the, like in the meantime, including and also she's securing deals with the with the uh, Hellfire Club as well because it's always a good idea. Anyway, um, Humans vs. X Men is like um, is uh, zero is zero through six, as far as the miniseries goes. Zero, illustrated by Kenneth Rockefeller, written by Charles Soule, um, basically um, tells you the story of the um, eight months prior to the um, outbreak of the conflict, where um, Beast has been trying to um, to um, create a cure, but eventually um, finds out that that the um, that that the um, remaining Terrigen cloud, it's been um, slowly dispersing um, um, Terrigen into the environment, and is eventually and is eventually going to render the entire um, world uh, inhospitable to mutants in very short order, like two or three weeks. And um, and uh, while he uh, and when he finds out that um, that Medusa, the queen of the Inhumans, is also like preparing for war. Much in the same way that Emma Frost is um, going by, going behind everyone's backs to um, secure her mutant alliances as well, he realizes that okay, I owe it to um, 
my fellow X-Men to to try to tell them, you know, what, this is what's going to happen, and uh, like try to find the like a peaceful solution as well. Now, me notice that um, Beast. I didn't say that Beast um came to Medusa and told her, you know, this is what's going to happen. Like if we like the like the, the uh, like the uh, main intelligent cloud is going to um make the world inhospitable to mutants. Most likely. And this will most likely um, cause them to um, like attack us, like like as a as a matter of self preservation. Yeah, you if you've noticed that that's pro- you some of the biggest problem for the entire series, because while Beast doesn't tell Medusa this, he does go and tell his fellow X Men, which really sets them off. Um, even um, the uh, generally peace loving Storm. Like she's um, forced to go along with um, Emma Frost and Magneto in an attempt to uh, try and like preserve them, to preserve the mutant race. So, so you got to see that one side, like um, doing like the X Men doing their preemptive strike against the Inhumans. And I won't lie, I kind of enjoy this because after all the last couple of years of um, Marvel, like you know, like promoting the Inhumans over the X Men, like. There wasn't. I I admit that I liked that I like seeing the um, the X Men like pull off a really really well executed plan to render um, Black Bolt like um, Black Bolt and most of the um, and Karnak and most of the heavy Inhuman heavy hitters um, like like powerless. But you know, it's like if you've read like you know any big comic crossover over the last decade or so, you realize that that's only a prelude to the Inhumans basically coming around to rout them. It's like, like after a certain point, or in this case, the uh, new humans, which it's a terrible name, but it basically covers all the uh, recently created um, Inhumans, which, which including characters that I like, like uh, Miss Marvel, characters I really don't know why they got their own ongoing series, like Mosaic. Um, but um, you know, there's like characters like them, like who who are like who who um, basically are able to get the upper hand because you know the X Men know don't know about these guys and they're not established um characters so it's so yeah it's like it's kind of so it's kind of fun to see them you know uh, okay it's interesting to see them try and uh like try and pull one over on the x-men but also to realize that um that the x-men were only attacking out of self-preservation again because beast didn't tell and tell the inhumans the x that the x-men were going to be doomed like as a result of the um and the um, resulting uh the disintelligent cloud, it's like it's like this is one of those things where it's like you know they would have been a lot easier and a lot lot simpler if everyone had um like you know actually talked to pe- to everyone else, but you know then we wouldn't have a big six issue miniseries where the humans and the X Men fight everyone, fight each fight each other, and um in the end like the uh like the real villain. Like of the, of the piece is meant to be um, like Emma Frost, as you know. And to be honest, like I, I actually do kind of agree with the direction they've taken her, taken her because because like for the last several years, like I mean, she was she was even though like she didn't always get along with them or agree with them, like she was um, by Scott Summer's side um, throughout through thick and thin. And so when he died, it's not. It's really understandable, like why she would want to um, go to war, um, you know, against the Inhumans, 
yeah, like, even though they weren't directly responsible for her for Scott's death, you know, the fact that the uh, Terrigen cloud did cause it. Like I can imagine her just, like you know being being petty and vindictive enough to start a huge war, like like in order to satisfy her like her like her sense of vengeance and her own ego because well you know this is still uh, like Anna Frost we're talking about. I mean she's been a good guy for years, but um, but she was also like um pretty pretty bad before that. And I can also and if they Marvel if this is an effort to try and get her back to the villain side, I. We'll concede that this is a this is kind of a um, pretty um, pretty decent effort right there. Probably the most the, one of the more interesting things to come off, like um, from this whole thing. But um, in the end, though, it's like the um, the main miniseries basically um, like has the um, Inhumans taking the high road and the X, taking the X Men um, being able to come back to Earth as, as a result. Come back to Earth because they've been in limbo ever since the. Uh, like the most recent relaunch after um after Secret Wars, so so there you go. It's like in terms of X Men crossovers, it's not one of the best, really. It's like like I said, it's like I kind of I really do wish that they'd actually like you know had um had Beast had had everyone like try and talk things over beforehand, or just you know you know Beast to put display some kind of common sense, just let let the humans know what was going on and then you know if, if medusa decided oh well you know like fuck the x-men it's like you're gonna it's like our this is our time we're gonna fight it's like and have her just go and um like um wait wage a war because you know she feels that the end humans are entitled to to earth and the x-men the rest of the x-men just go live in limbo like they have been since um like since the start of the extraordinary era it's like then i can imagine the x-men like would have a good reason to um like to uh, fight fight the humans in that regard, and then have the uh, the the uh, new humans, um, um, like be the voice of reason here. So there you go. But um, like I said, the the writing from Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire in the uh, core miniseries, it's fine. But you know, it's like I've read better from them in their like in their individual series, and um, art from for the six issues is ha- um is handled by um Daniel Yu for the first two issues and issue six and then Javier Garon um for um issues um three through five. Um Lanil Yu is a fantastic superhero artist and he does great um great um bold work here in both in the issues he does. H- Javier Garon um Keith I like the uh, level of detail that he brings to that he brings to the uh, to his work, but at the same time, though, it's really it's also like not stylistically consistent with with um, Yu's work here as well. So I so I can appreciate it for what it is, but I kind of wish like you know if Marvel's gonna have two artists working on this series, they um that he, they would have gotten like you know guys who are more consistent with each other as well. So I guess in the end, Humans vs X Men is kinda. Only um, worth it for people like me who are committed to following um, the ongoing narrative of the X Men in the Marvel Universe. Um, it's like I will, like um, I will say that things do look like they may head in a, in a more interesting direction with the uh, with the new series, but um, you know we'll see how that how that goes. But um, better, 
actually better than the uh, main series are most of the Italians, which um, like all new X Men. Like, listen, there's like three volumes of X Men uh, series that have tie-ins to this. All new X Men is probably the best of them because that's been a uh, the series has been a very welcome surprise in terms of being a, a fun character-driven superhero title. And um, the three issues of times that it collects, well, two issues, really. Two first one has um, Iceman, um, showcases Iceman's relationship with um, one of the, uh, like, um, humans, um, Romeo. And it does a good job of, like, uh, showcasing their, like, their bridging relationship, but also um, illustrating, but, and also illustrating, like, you know, why um, Iceman would feel compelled to break with the rest of his team and go and rescue Romeo during the uh, thick of the um, X-Men versus Inhumans fighting. It's like in the main series. That's that's pretty that's that's pretty cool. Then you've got um, second issue, which um, focuses on Cyclops, um, you know, doing what he does best. And that's angsting about his role in the world, and uh, but also just like realizing that, uh, like you're wondering you know, that you know, hey, this is my my future self basically um, precipitated war between these two care these two races, and you know, where, what does that what does that make me in the end? Until he found finds out, you know exactly what Emma Frost did and her role in this, and that and then he's got his own reasons for, uh, like, like for um, for turning sides and helping to uh, eventually um form the alliance that will that will um, bring peace to both sides. The final issue, however, also offers up a uh, a uh, well as good as it's going to get explanation for why the uh, these time lost X Men are. Like are still um, like are still here and can't go back to their original time. It's fine, but overall, it's like, like I said, the uh, like I said, this um, all new X Men like series from Demosopolis has been one of the better surprises of the uh, like of the some current era of X Men. Um, Colin Bunn's um, Uncanny X Men Superior um, tie-ins of are basically. Four issues of subplots that um, he was—he probably wanted to get. He's probably going to get back to at some point, seeing as how he's still tied in with the uh, um, with the franchise as he's um, doing as he's doing um, X Men Blue at this point. But um, I, I, one thing I wanted to say about this volume is that um, it uh, does the tie-in issues before the annual, which is wrong because the annual has um showcases the the uh the return of one of its of one of the key um characters from like from these tie issues or at least the last one um elixir like in the annual so why they couldn't have done this one before at the front of the volume i don't know but marvel apparently just decided hey you know why the hell not so but the uh four issues basically um show us how uh like how how Jean Grey and the Separate Cuckoos were keeping Karnak occupied, while um, Phantom X um, taps into um, um, Karnak's some power to see the weaknesses in any in any plan um, to uh, take on the uh, take the threat that is that is um, that is forcing itself upon um, the world, the uh, accelerated future environment in which he lives in, and um, then you've got the uh, like, like the following issue, which show, which has um, which um, basically shows um, um Sabretooth um tracking down um Monet in order to 
and who's been possessed by her brother M-Plate in order to uh, get like um in order to um, like um draw more um mutant or now inhuman DNA for sustenance. It's like it's it's fine and it's the best part about it is that it shows it down Sabretooth is getting getting back closer to the uh, Wolverine the anti-Wolverine more like feral evil version of Wolverine that we know and love and you've got the and then you've got the uh, following issue has um, like Zorn which god his existence like annoys me to the point has annoyed me ever since Marvel decided that he was an original character as opposed to um, the secret identity Magneto adopted in order to infiltrate the X-Men during Grant Morrison's run you know, it's like, just going to move on from that because fuck that. Then the uh, final issue, 19, basically um, has um, Psylocke um, track, um, tracking down uh, Magneto to settle, settle the score after she um, feels that he betrayed the X-Men it's like for his own agenda in the course of the crossover. It's like, it's fine, but um, a- as all things should be, at the end it shows Magneto was like just one step cleverer than, um, than Psylocke expected, which is... He- as as things should be. Um, then you, okay. Now I'm talking about extraordinary X Men last because, well, it's like uh, overall, like it's the final issue. It it delivers. It's like is kind of like the uh, a really good sense of closure for the whole um, event itself. While the first issue is kind of is meant to be like a uh, it's like a warm and fuzzy. Um, like story as, as that event who whose big bunny shot is um storm comforting a uh like a mutant who was um who was on the verge of dying as a result of the mpox like subsequent the other like the other issues like basically have um like have her hashing things out with with um forge to um to a decent extent and also um like basically like it's forge um angsting out his own issues with her and also with old man Logan as he tells on um, Forge about what um it's like what he was like during the during old man Logan's timeline. Then you've got the issue where um magic has to uh, sort things out with um Sapna, the um, the mutant who uh who is like who was host to a to like a world deva- world devourer in the previous volume, but is now living I mean part of her sword. It's like in it's like in this issue, it's got some striking uh, monochrome art for that. Like um for that for that issue from uh, from Eric Coda, which is nice. But the uh, but the real thing I want to bring up is the final issue, which basically has the X Men. You know, it's like like I'm just um, wrapping everything up, um, sending everything. To, um, I'm rediscovering Cerebra. I'm setting her up with the new status quo. And I'm um, having a nice uh, baseball game to uh, let us let you know that hey, it's like in the end, like everything has turned out all right. So that's so yeah, that's that's cool. That's fine. It's a nice um, bit of nostalgia that that um, I honestly welcome after um, all this um, humans versus X Men nonsense. So to be honest, like if you're not already reading um, X Men titles, then this is. This stuff is not going to get you um, get you on board at all. I can't even. I'm not sure I can recommend this as a uh, jumping on point for uh, lapsed X Men fans. What might be better is the uh, new run of X Men um, titles, which um, 
is advertised as X-Men Prime, which is reprinted in the Extraordinary X-Men and um, all new X-Men volumes. And it's a uh, decent enough um, set up jumping off point for the next for the next group. Group of finals is um, Kitty Fry takes over the X-Men and they move to um, Central Park. And also, um, you know, the uh, original team, the uh, team Time, Time Displaced X-Men does their own thing. Oh, and the uh, and you've got this like um, Weapon X group that is like going to do their own like um, more violent thing as well. So I'm on board. Then again, like I've you everyone are surprised at this point that like I am thoroughly invested in X-Men, and it's probably going to take a long, sustained run of terribleness that to get me to jump off. But you know, at least I can tell you all that you know. That even if I'm not willing to jump off after all after all this, it's like you shouldn't be willing to jump on right now. So if you're like I said, if you're if you're not interested in, in the X Men at this point, then um, it's like then don't bother. If you are, then you know it's like there have been worse X Men crossovers, but you know it's like <laughs> there have been a lot better ones as well. So that's about all I have to say about on my end, uh, John. Uh, I know you've been busy on yours. Um, you got any thoughts about all this? So you're saying that the all-new X-Men is probably the series with the most um, appeal? It's it's like I said, it's been a pleasant surprise to the point where I I wasn't really like, inclined to jump on jump onto it um, after uh, you know like Bendis has been had been like defining that series for like. During the co- over the course of his, his run, and the fact that you're know, like, hey, it's like, yeah, we've got all these like time lost X Men, and uh, even the obvious thing to do with them is you send them back in time because that is the end of their story. Um, Dennis Hopeless has done some pretty entertaining stuff with them, to be like, to be honest. So, like I said, it's been like I said, it's been better than I was. It's been better than I was expecting. And if you did read, um. If you were on board with Bendis's um, all new X Men, then um, you should be reading um, Hopeless's stuff because it's it's just as good. Hmm. It's just as good. It's like and probably a bit more tuned to um, continuity as well. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, do you know what you're going to talk about next week? Oh well, like assuming that um, my order from the right stuff arrives in time, um, get ready for a wrist slitting good time with um, Inio Asano's Good Night Pun Pun. Because it's good, but wow. It's like, if I'm not here to uh, do, talk about the podcast in two weeks, it means I've like um, slipped my wrists in the course of I'm re- rereading it. Because goddamn, those first 12 volumes, or first six um, double-sized um, omnibus volumes in Viz, are really goddamn depressing. And um, this final seventh volume, well, we'll see how that goes. So, we'll see you in two weeks. All right, we'll catch you next time on Common Picks by the Glick. All right, laters. All right.